Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor. The easiest way to shop for the best tickets. Buy and sell tickets in just two taps on your phone. Everything fully guaranteed. Use their revolutionary grading system. Hey, football fans, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on NFL tickets, a season that happens to be starting next week, use promo code BSNFL. Download the SeatGeek app or go right to SeatGeek.com. We're also brought to you by Gillette. You might know Gillette Stadium, home of the New England Patriots. Did you know a Gillette razor blade edge is thinner than a single brain cell? That's the product of many brain cells at work, namely the thousands of men and women at Gillette who are always working harder to make your shave better. Now you can get Gillette blades for less than, for less. Now you can get Gillette blades for less, for less than and for less at GilletteOnDemand.com. Gillette. The best a man can get. Pricing applies to select products and is at the sole discretion of the retailer. We were brought to you by Talk to Thrones, our our Game of Thrones post-game show on Twitter. The last one was last night. You can find it at Ringer or just by going hashtag Talk to Thrones. The last episode of Binge Mode Game of Thrones will be on Wednesday. Mallory Rubin and Jason Concepcion breaking down the final episode of Game of Thrones. And don't forget about the Rewatchables, our new podcast. Breaking down our favorite movies. I've hosted the first three, Few Good Men, The Departed, and this week, Point Break. Fire con Dios. We have uh, You've Got Mail coming this week. I'm not hosting that one. That will be Juliet Lippman and Amanda Dobbins. Arguably the last great Meg Ryan movie. I'm still partial to Proof of Life, but we'll see what they say. But you can download the uh, rewatchables or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up, part two of the Kevin Durant podcast that we taped on Wednesday night in Los Angeles. In part one, we talked about the Kyrie Irving trade as well as uh, we started a mailbag. And in part two, we kept going with the mailbag and it started to get a little crazier as it went along. And then finally, we just started talking about all the teams in the NBA. And at that point, it was almost two hours and we realized that uh, we had been going on too long. But here's part two. Kevin Durant, the fourth time we have done this together. My favorite of the four, personally, but we'll see what you think. Thanks to all the listeners who sent mailbag questions. We appreciate it. Here it is, part two. But first, Pearl Jam. Jerome Douglas wants to know, what's the hottest you've ever been in an NBA game? Hottest? Hottest. I was 19 for like 28 against Denver. I had 51. That was like 2012. The, 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 the basket did the thing where it just seemed like it was gigantic? And I was... It, it didn't seem gigantic. It's just like my shots felt good, but they were swishing. I was like swishing a lot of them. You've never had like your random seventy point explosion crazy. No, game. I never look for those. But if they started happening, you would go with it. Oh, of course, but I got to be blistering hot. I'm I'm not looking to get blistering hot though. I'm yeah. looking to like you know the game you got hurt in Golden State. I was hot. You had thirty at halftime, right? But I had to slow roll it the second half because they'd have been doubling. They'd have been running everybody at me. I'd have had. I would have ended up with probably forty two. 
Um, so I kind of know how the game's going to go. So I'd rather have, like, 20 and a, half, and a half end up with, like, 28. Than, and I'd rather do that for, like, two weeks straight than get 70 and then 15 and 12. Then, right. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather do 30 for two weeks straight than have one big outburst. You're going to love this question. This is from Jeff in Chicopee, Massachusetts. As a basketball official, I'm wondering how do you like a game officiated? Do you prefer a game called tight, or do you prefer when the referees let a lot of shit go? I, I like a ref to go with the flow. I don't like that you come in there and, and say we're going to call it tight or we're going to let y'all play. I like you to go with the flow. Somebody being super physical and team trying to rough somebody up, unnecessarily like off the ball doing extra stuff then call that you know what I'm yeah. saying but if a team playing fair and hard fouls but you know good intentions on the fouls like let that slide you know what I'm saying if you feel like a team chirping as soon as they start playing and it's and the players are getting distracted and not playing the game then control it but if it's a healthy competition of talking shit might have to let that ride like you gotta you gotta have the flow of the game down you know, right. you can't come into the game trying to ref it one way. You got to kind of fill the game out. That's what the really good refs do. Yeah, consistency and and sense of the moment. The older refs, the guys that I grew up with, they were always really good at knowing kind of when to shut it down or when to let it go. These guys now, they always seem like they're just terrified of any sort of conflict. If you but you stink eye somebody, it's technical. I like the stink eyeing. What are you guys going to get in a man. knife fight in midcourt? Like, that's, that's part of reason, basketball. And that's the that's the reason. So when you compare errors, right? We're not comparing the game. We're just comparing the physicality now. Yeah. So, like back then, that stuff was cool. It made it fun. It was like watching hockey. You seeing all them damn fouls oh, and all yeah. those flagrants. See, now it's a little bit more buttoned up. So that's why the errors are different, in my opinion. That was my favorite. I have a lot of favorite Jordan moments, but when. Uh, who did he dunk on McDaniel? And then he, and then he. No, that was Pippen. I mean, um, Pippen. That was uh, Ewan. Or maybe he didn't dunk on him, but he did the finger roll, and then he stood over him after. And he was like pointing. Yeah, at him. yeah no, he was pointing at him. He, oh, no, yeah, he got the steal. No, that's he got the, McDaniel. He got the steal and got the and one. That's when he started pointing. Yeah, Pippen, yeah. Pippen he got did, hacked. Pippen did it to Ewing. Pippen no, dunked Jordan on Ewing. Jordan did it too when he fake when he fake middle and then spent back uh, baseline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, all of this was over the rim. Yeah, all, yeah. It was all in the rim. But in Boom. that '91 playoff series, Pat Riley's first year, Jordan dunked on '92. Yeah, yeah. '91, '92, and he, yeah, that's when he started pointing Xavier. Man. That was a great series. Yeah, I went seven in the second round. Riley really turned that team into just a bunch of. I love that Physical team. maniacs. Yeah, the Knicks fans love that team. Uh, which three movies would you take on a desert island if you could only watch three movies for the rest of your life and you were stuck there like Tom Hanks from Castaway? Jamie from Rochester wants to know. <clears throat> you have three movies. That's it. Rest I'm of your life. Coming to America. Okay. You got to have a mob movie in there, so I gotta, I'm trying to pick between either Godfather or Goodfellas. I want something long back and watch. All right, I'll let you take both. Got, uh, nah, because I want three. Godfather. Okay. Uh, one. First one. <sighs> you got to have a love movie. A love movie? Yeah, you got to have like you gotta have some different emotions. Like a rom-com? If you're over there by yourself, <laughs> damn, you want to you know, you spice it up a little bit, right? Um, <laughs> so poor, so <laughs> poor Jones, movies. Love Jones. Love Jones. Okay, Love Jones. Godfather's a good choice. Yeah. Casino. Outside of winning a championship, Sonny wants to know, 
What's been your favorite thing about the Bay Area? Favorite thing about the Bay is just the culture. Um, it's the food. The food is just like so many different pockets of like, I feel like mom and pop stores, mom and pop restaurants. I mean, like in different pockets of the San Francisco and the Bay Area and Oakland, it's like so many small, like really boutique restaurants. And it's, the culture in there is just like, you know, overwhelming and it's just like you really get entrenched in that like just different restaurants you tell it take it really really serious <clears throat> and uh i never experienced nothing like that so i think i think that was cool just just different restaurant experiences out there i swear i didn't write this question kev deuce did whoever that is i'm a celtics fan who was pretty sure danny Ainge was going to take you first in 2007 was he going to take you if they got the pick i heard he was he said he was yeah, I heard the uh, I read an article. He said he was going to do that. I heard he was. Yeah, that'd have been bold. I heard uh, that'd have been bold. I think there was another team that would have done it too. Really? Yeah, I think there was two. I can't remember the second one. We had some Portland questions in here too, but I haven't gotten into it. Oh, Tyler from Bentonville, Arkansas wants to know what's the best place to eat at in D.C. if you can only have one meal there. Home of the Walmart, Bentonville, right? Huh? From Bentonville? Bentonville, Arkansas. Yeah, it's home of Walmart. Okay. Random fact. Um, <laughs> in D.C., I would go to Keith and Sons and see Pleasant, Maryland. That's like perfect soul food. Okay. What do players around the league really think about the Knicks situation? Wants to know Julian, a New York transplant in Los Angeles. Are you even... Have any opinion on it? Well, it stops. It's everything starts at the top. You got bad leadership. Leadership at the top is going to just trickle down to everybody else. So once you get the, once you get the bad leader out, then so the players are really aware of this. When there's certain teams that seem like they're not being, maybe crisply run. run. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your players, that up. Your players is so much uh, separation between the front office and your players. You got to come from the got to come from the top there's no communication from the owner down to the gm so when the I gm want to make a decision you got to talk to the owner and he know where to be found or he don't care then you kind of stuck and that causes tension i think that's the biggest thing that's different about your generation and the motivations you guys have to play wherever is that in the old days it was just like get me to a big city or get me to a place where i can be seen and be famous but now it doesn't really matter as much where you play because everybody's league pass and yeah. a team. You're in Oklahoma City. You're on TV all the time. Mm -hmm. Now it seems like the teams are like, who's well run? Yeah. Or the players, yep. who's well run? Who's the owner? Yep. Do they have a plan? Yeah, you can you feel wanna, it. You, you can feel be it in shifting. A stable situation, man. You want to be have fun playing ball and have a chance to win. Like you cannot go win the championship every year. Dudes are not making making decisions solely based off of am I going to win a championship. Do I got a chance? Do we got a chance? Cool. Is it a good environment? Cool. Do I like my teammates? Do I like the city? There's a lot of factors that go into the, to dudes making these decisions, not just off of am I going to win a championship or am I going to make some money? Like, Yeah. Um, it's not that black and white. John from Philly wants to know, what's the what was the clutchest basketball play of your career? Clutchest? Yeah, clutchest. I don't know if that's a word. <laughs> Most clutch. Most clutch. Most clutch. Um, game three of the finals. That's what I was said to. 
Connor Link wants to know, hearing your name dropped by so many rappers must be a humbling feeling. Um, what was the best drop? And also, why do you think basketball players share such a unique connection with the world of hip-hop? Which is really a thousand percent true. I would say it is a unique connection. Why is it unique? Because it's just unique. Basketball and hip-hop. I don't know why it goes together. Why is it looked at as unique, though? Because like, nobody says like football and hip-hop goes together. It's, it seems like it's specific for baseball that sport. Your baseball, baseball and country. I, feel, I see what you're saying. Um, first question again was... When your name gets dropped. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just respect. You know, you just, you what just, was the first time it happened? Uh, man, Wale dropped my name in a song when I was in college. And I was like, damn, I rewinded it back a couple times. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just a respect. They watching. I appreciate that. I don't know what oh, this... Oh, and, and why do we have such a huge connection with hip-hop? Yeah. Maybe there's no answer. Uh, well, majority of the players are black, and majority of players who are black grew up on hip-hop. And hip-hop changed our lives, like how we, li- how we looked at our lives. So, And it was telling our story, just to keep it all real. I think what's interesting is most hip-hop artists would change places with basketball players, basketball stars, and vice versa. We would. I would. I always talk about that. I ask somebody, um, we talk about, would you rather be Drake or Tom Brady? And I was like, ah. You get five Super Bowls if you were That's Tom Brady. And then, or you're the good. biggest pop star in the world. Like who, like in the sports world, Tom Brady is a god. So who would you rather be? So yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Giselle, though. That's what I'm saying. That's a good question. <laughs> Not that Drake does bad. I'm, I'm uh, he yeah, probably yeah, does yeah. really well, but I'm just saying, you yeah, know. That's what he's saying. I know, you know. I'm just saying that's a good question, man. <laughs> Monique from Philly wants to know: What does KD view as his own role in this moment, where NBA stars are feeling increasingly emboldened to speak their mind on issues related to politics slash race, uh, just, or in other sports where athletes may be more reluctant, say in football? Uh, yeah, I understand what goes on with that, you know, as, as far as being reluctant, you know, you got a family to take care of and that might affect your job. And once it get real like that, you got to make some decisions. And I understand that. But most of the guys, if you feel like you need to speak out, be confident in it. A lot of people are going to have your back. And it's cool to have a conversation about what can how we can help this thing get better. You know what I'm saying? So if we disagree, let's try to come together and make it, you know, come to an agreement at some point somewhere. So it's good that these players are talking out because that's all, you know, they always on TV. We always on TV. It's about access. It's about views. So why not if we have a platform talk about something that's probably, that's really, really important. So It seems like over the last two years, the, the most visible NBA stars are starting to realize how much power they have. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I mean, we like I said, it's about views. You know what I mean? Especially nowadays, like you got how many followers you got kind of dictates your life almost. Especially if you're trying to make it in an entertainment business or like anywhere in that business where you, people are gonna see you. So when you get that platform, it's a perfect time to use it to, you know, you know, give out some awareness to some people in some areas that they probably wouldn't listen to from somebody else. You know what I'm saying? So. If, LeBron says something or, uh, 
you know, the Bennett brothers or Colin Kaepernick, like somebody is going to listen because they got a lot of views on them. So they're using their platform for good. They should be praised for that. What's the next step? Just taking action. I feel as though, I mean, a lot of guys do so much in their communities. It's going to take us a long time to, to see some change. But, you know, if you're putting in the work every single day, you can kind of feel as though you, you did your part. So we might not, we probably won't see the results. You know, you won't, I won't. But we can just kind of lay that foundation down. I think a lot of guys are doing that on the low too. And they should be. You should go in those communities and see what they're doing because they're changing them and they're giving a lot of hope to kids. It may not be like giving money out or donating, but like imagine coming from a small-ass neighborhood, Bentonville, Arkansas, yeah. <laughs> and an NBA player makes it out of there and people see him on TV. You know how big that is for that city, that, that, that region? Like that goes a long way. That's sometimes bigger than donating money. You know right. what I'm saying? So that's what these players are doing. And when they go back to their neighborhoods and just show – and so people can see what they did – that's, that goes a long way. And I've seen so many players that give so many so much hope to play to people, not just athletes, but to people in general. It seems like your generation is more involved with their own communities that they came from than any other generation in the league. It's not like it wasn't happening before, but it's just so your much, generation's really into it. It's just so much separation now because we're kind of we're seeing the racism now. We're seeing the police brutality now like it always happened but now it's like I said it's about views so we're seeing it now so now like when you see so much separation it's just like I want to just stay close to home I want to I want these people that love me that I know love me that I can trust that love me I want them to feel the love too I want to I want to share this with them so let me invest there but at the same time while you're investing in the community you still can the community that you play in grab that community too bring them together the community you went to college in Grab them, put bring them together. That's the that's the power we have as athletes. And a lot of the players, Draymond Green donating to Michigan State. And it's not about the money, because <laughs> Michigan State can make a lot of money. It's the yeah. fact that Draymond Green did it. And if you walk in Michigan State's facility and see Draymond Green practice gym, like a player is gonna be like, damn, man, I can get a building too. That goes a long way. And then kids that fans of Michigan State live in that area, they fans of Draymond Green, along with where he comes from. So I think that's why so many players are going back to their communities, just like, man, I need to feel some love again because there's so much separation going on in our country. So, But along with going back, we still need to grab as many communities as we can and kind of bring everybody together. We I did a podcast the other day. We were talking about why NBA players have – taking such stature versus NFL players. Mm. And it's like, you know, the 25th most famous NBA player is as famous as just about any NFL player. And um, you can see it with the social media followings, you see it with the commercials, <coughs> all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, why, why do you think that is? They wear helmets and there's so many of them. <laughs> And, but in basketball, one player can kind of change a team. In football, like, it has to be the quarterback. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, receiver, receiver has a big – I mean, all those players, I'm sorry, are important to the big group. But right. the quarterback kind of drives the whole thing. So I think the biggest difference You need now, somebody to blame, so you got to blame the quarterback. True. Or the kicker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you can't blame the defensive lineman because you don't really know what he does. So they don't really know the game as much about – you know, they know more about basketball than they do football. And they wear helmets, so. If you're an 11-year-old kid now, 
And we make a lot. We make we make a lot of money. You make a lot of money, but your career's also long. If yeah, I'm an 11 year old kid now and I'm a stud athlete, why would I want to be Le'Veon Bell? I might I might have a nine year career. I'd be the best running back kid, in the league, but come on, Bill. If, I, if I'm you, I get to play for 18 years, baby. What kid is thinking like that? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, if I'm a kid, <laughs> that's why they play football. Yeah, maybe the dad. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they play football. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> it's much easier to play basketball, though. It is. All you need it's is find a find a rim. Though. It is fun. But did really you fun. ever reach a point where you're like, I'd love to do this, but I'm just too tall now. I can't play football. Would oh, you have yeah. played football if you were like six five? I'd have played more football if I was if um, I was shorter and I was a little wider. Yeah, but yeah, I, I tried. They, to play what football. was that? There was a lockout game when you and LeBron. That was video of that. I just can't. That get, was hilarious. I, I can't get hit. Like yeah. I can play football, but I can't get hit. That's when I'll, I'll just blank out. I can't get hit. If I, that's why I stopped playing in the first place when I was young. I got hit one time. And I walked straight. I walked straight home. <laughs> For real, my mom was like, "You just quit." I was like, "Yes, I'm, I'm not playing football." Let's take a quick break to talk about our friends at Direct TV. For over 20 years, Direct TV has been the exclusive home for NFL Sunday Ticket, the only way to get every live game every Sunday. And one of the only reasons I allowed myself to move to Los Angeles because once Direct TV was a thing. You could live wherever you wanted and watch your favorite football team, baseball team, basketball team, whatever. Good news, NFL fans. DirecTV has expanded the service. If you live in an apartment or you are an enrolled college student, you can now get NFL Sunday ticket without one of those satellites. Just get it streaming. To see if you're eligible, go online to NFLSundayTicket.tv. Stream every NFL Sunday ticket game this season. Follow your team no matter where you live. Use promo code Bill. Simmons. Guess what? You save 15% with that promo code. Once again, that's NFLSundayTicket.tv, promo code Bill Simmons. Watch all the football you want. Knock yourself out. NFLSundayTicket.tv. Back to Kevin Durant. Dylan wants to know, do you think the NBA will ever have a four-point line, and do you wish they did? Nah, I think, nah, three-pointers. What if it was from half court? Then we then what kind of game we playing? We're just the first three quarters. <laughs> what kind of game we playing then? Rock and jock. Yeah, it's no it's nice. yeah, Seth would kill it though. I would not I wouldn't play. If you wouldn't that's it, you're out. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Can't play like that. That's a joke. Doug Ziegler wants to know what's your video game of choice right now? Two K. Two K. We saw that when we came in. I'm in GMO. So when they came in I had uh the tar, the tar Heels, I uploaded them from the internet and I put them in a franchise. So they're an expansion team in my GMO. I know it's real deep, but yeah, I'm like 16 years in in my GMO and I'm making trades. I'm like, I traded for the number one pick and got Lonzo Ball, he's starting point guard for me uh, on my GMO. So, oh yeah, um, YouTube, perfect time to plug YouTube. This year, I got uh, 2K GMO, whoever want to jump in my league, we playing live too. We going through the season live. I give you all the details once we once we get it going. But it's a nice little fun league. If you enter the GM mode in two K, your boy got something special. I can we psychoanalyze the part that you play UNC? Yeah, I know the it was, school that I you almost was, went to. I know it was deep. I gotta explain it. I'm gonna explain it in the video. I promise. I just thought about it the other day. If you like the GM mode, I got a nice little league to play in. So. I might get Bill going. We can test your brain a little bit. It's real GM stuff, real cap room. Like 
restricted free agents, unrestricted free agents. The only video game I can still... Fun. I'm telling you. I can't do the basketball anymore. I can do the football and that's it. I'm telling you, if you get into this, like, you'll be addicted. My boy Bryce, he was just here the other day. He never played video games. I loaded up the GMO. He about to go buy a whole Xbox for his house right now. And we're going to get online and play. So three weeks from now, my wife's going to be like... I don't know what happened to you. Bill's playing Boo Ray and 2K and 2K nonstop. What's he's lost his mind? I'm putting you on game, literally. (laughs) So you play the fact that he's UNC over Texas is unbelievable to me. I I chose Texas first as an expansion team, but the jerseys was whack, so I didn't feel like changing the jerseys. And I clicked over and I seen UNC. I was like, that's fire, and the blue was just like. Have you ever been happy with your 2K rating? Oh, it could change. I just got to have it a up? nice week. Once you have a nice week, it'll change. Go out there and get some buckets. Your numbers mm-hmm. will change. Alonzo Rodriguez wants to know if you watch Game of Thrones. Nah. Yeah, I figured not. Why'd you figure that? Because um, you would have mentioned it as your favorite okay. show, and uh, instead uh, you yeah. said billions. You're right, you're right, right. I thought you was... Uh, Henry, from, Henry from... Henry from... Can- <laughs> 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 Henry from Canada wants to know if you could steal one move from any player of all time and take it for yourself, what would it be? He offered Hakeem's dream shake. You could just take it. Nah. Add that to your arsenal. I'd rather just shoot a turnaround jump shot. I don't need to do all of that. Um, so you don't want anybody's move? Would you want Kareem Skyhook? No, I want somebody's move, but I don't want the, sh- I don't want the dream shake. Even though the dream shake is tough, I, yeah. just, I, I, w- I look stupid doing that. Um, how about Kareem Skyhook? All of a sudden, you have Kareem Skyhook in your arsenal. I'm not down there enough. Yeah. You know what you were talking about the other day? The Karl Malone move, remember? I got that. What remember? is it? They talk about what you were saying about that. Though. Oh, oh yeah. Karl Malone was just simple. One dribble, hit you with the shoulder, fade away. Every play. Oh, yeah. That's a great move. But he weighed like 280 pounds. If he touched you with your shoulder, you went flying backwards. But I'm I'm a little longer than the player, so that's my, that's my shoulder. It's my length. I got a million... Emails about the Hezzy pull up Jimbo. Yep. Jumbo? Jimbo? Jimbo, yeah. Hezzy pull up Jimbo. The Jimmy is. But you never explained what it was. So it's a Hezzy. You know what Hezzy is, right? Yeah. Do you? Hesitation. Yeah. So you Hezzy with the left. So when I seen Markel Foles do it, he Hezzy with the left and he ain't let it, he ain't put it back down. He went straight into the shot. That's tough. And the dude who taught him that taught me that. So I knew, I, I knew, I know the hours of work he put in on that. I don't know what a Jimbo is though. It's a jump shot, Jimmy. You knew that. I didn't. I've never heard. Everybody the Jimbo. got different names. I call it a Jimmy. I just threw the Jimbo How on it. If you hesitate and pull up, what else could be left after that? I didn't know if the. I knew that Jimbo. I figured it was a variation of the jumper, but I didn't know if it yeah, was Jimmy. some sort of. Yeah, I call it a Jimmy. Oh, Do you have any other weird phrases nah, like that? I mean, that... Come, not, I can't just say it right here. It just comes to mind when I see it. See okay. a move. Mike from Cleveland wants to know what's the worst you've ever been dunked on. I know you know. Yeah, that, you that, definitely that remember. Damn, AB dunked on me. I had it. I had a. I had it. Hey, I seen the ball. As soon as he picked the ball up, I seen. It. I was going to chase it. I was going to pin that shit. Avery Bradley. Yeah, and he and he grabbed my. He grabbed my um, left arm where I usually block my shots from. He grabbed that shit perfectly too, and <laughs> boom, he got me. And all I hear is KG and Paul Pierce just talking shit. Bitch ass nigga, bitch ass. Dunk on his ass. Dunk on his ass. I was like, he got me. And we lost again. <laughs> uh, Johnny wants to know, he said, Bill, meaning me, wrote a whole NBA book based around the premise that the secret of basketball is that it's not about basketball. 
KD, you just won the title. Is this true? Meaning that it's not just about no, not. I'm good at basketball. It's about the relationships of the players and sacrifice yeah, yeah, and a lot to go unselfishness yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. So you agree with the premise? Yeah, definitely. It's probably more, probably more so mental than anything. What's the biggest lesson you learned last year that would feed that <clears throat> premise? Um, it's okay to tell people to fuck off during the finals. Like, <laughs> during, during precious times of my um, season, it's hard to tell people to get out, get out my face. You talking about teammates or people no, in your life? Just, no, not teammates. Just family, friends. Like, I don't have time to talk to you right now. I don't feel like talking to you right now. My focus is on something else. Yeah. It's okay to say that because they'll understand, you know. It's not me being mean. Once I realize that, like, no, I'm in the zone right now. I don't feel like talking about this. Or I don't want to watch this. Or just leave me leave me alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, let me just focus on what I want to. Let me think about what I want to. And, like, you really can, like, shelter yourself in a good way from people, from stuff that doesn't matter. Not important at all. Because we always focus on stuff that's not important. That's what everybody does. So once you focus on like just one thing, and you know you have a passion and love for it, that's, man, it took me to another level of like joy of the game. It was fun. So you told Rich to fuck off? No. If cause <laughs> my thing was Rich, no. If what? you were there when we played Utah in December, if you was at a game and you stayed at my house or you came and visit me, you can come during the finals. If you didn't, then don't come. Don't right. try to come to the finals game. You know what I'm saying? You get what I mean? Like if you come. In the dog days of my, like, you know what I mean? When I don't feel like going to practice, and you know that, you can see that, then you can come hang out. But if not, then there's only a few people. Ryan Sullivan wants to know, who has the greatest step-back Hezzy Jimbo in the league right now? Step-back Hezzy, you can't do that. What do you mean? You can't step back. and then no, like, no. I, this is, I'm just reading the question. T-Mac had the best of all time. T-Mac was nice. His was the best. Um... Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. Blake from Indianapolis. Did any of your Team USA teams have an inter-squad battle scrimmage, not videotaped, like the famous Monte Carlo battle in 1992? That same building well, um, in Barcelona. Yeah. Well, not the same building they played that game in, but that game where they played, they won a gold medal. We had practice in there. What, are we talking 12 or 16? 12. Okay. We have practice in that same arena where they want to go medal, I think. It was it. And uh, we had a nice we had a nice scrimmage. So who who were the teams? Do you remember? <sighs> I can remember it was it was the starters. It was CP CP Kobe, me, Braun, Tyson Chandler, and then it was Mello. Mello didn't start. He didn't start. No. He came on the oh, bench. Yeah, six man. It was D. Will, Russ. So Russ was on the other team. Yeah, because Russ was coming off. He was like a seventh yeah. man. Andre Iguodala, Melo, and Kevin Love. And, and then it, he had subs. So. And, it just, and it just was on. What about D. Wade? D. Wade went on that team. It was Anthony Davis and James Harden as subs. Yeah, Davis the late era. Yeah, yeah. He was he he. Was that was a good game. pick though. It was nice to get him though. Perfect. The he reps. was a perfect. Yeah, perfect yeah. guy to have in that situation, and we went at it. Yeah. It was a good game. 
but it wasn't like the Dream Team Monte Carlo game that Magic versus Mike, that the Magic versus Michael moment didn't happen, right? Mm, no. I think that was a little bit fabricated, in my opinion. Well, there's no videotape, so they can... Plus, Magic's great at just, you know, he's a good season storyteller. The showman, of course you got to hype that up. I yeah. would, too. Yeah, there's footage Mike. of that game. There's footage of where? a game. Yeah, no, yeah it's, no, they it's, show a few clips. They show it's like, a uh, Michael game. and Magic going at one-on-one against each other. And yeah, they, they show a few moves. They show a few moves of Barkley and Carmelone, Ewing and uh, uh, yeah, Robinson. But, but I'm not 100% like, sure it's probably, that game. It was probably game. a situation. They ain't probably just throw the balls out. Well, so there's no footage move. of your game. I know, but I wasn't <laughs> hyping it up to be fucking the, <laughs> the game of the century either. <laughs> Nobody knew about it until just now. <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> I wasn't hyping it up. Did did that whole team? What team was closer, the twelve team or the sixteen team? From a hangout standpoint, the sixteen team was, was it was all younger guys. It wasn't like yeah, you know what I'm saying. You had Kobe, LeBron. They was they was they, them personalities are huge. Kobe know? and LeBron on the same team. Yeah, not what I'm just saying. Like when you have Kobe and LeBron, like riding on the same bus and you get off a bus there's a lot of people there <laughs> that's what I mean yeah and you like guys they, were you were pretty young carry, that year too. yeah I, we were young but those two carry a lot of celebrity yeah so in this team now the team that we had it wasn't really nobody like that right dumbest purchase you made early in your career from Adam Parker I bought my house my, I bought a house uh, my rookie year I, I didn't want I shouldn't have bought it in I, Seattle I knew at some point I knew we were going to leave uh, not that, that that next year, but right. at some point we were you knew it was yeah. Somebody else, I, I didn't get to this, but somebody else asked, "When did you know the Sonics were leaving?" I knew around. Did you get tipped off? I want to say July. No, late June. Late June, somebody called me and it was just like, "We moved over. We moved to Oklahoma City." I was in Austin, Texas. I got a lot of emails about if Seattle got an expansion team, would you finish your career there? From people in Seattle. Good question. Who knows? Who knows? I, I feel like I deserve they they deserve to see me grow up in the league. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As far as like me being drafted. That was pretty there. terrible. I mean, for a variety of reasons. You lose your you lose your team, you lose a team that won the title, but then you also lose Durant and Westbrook. That's pretty yeah, that's pretty rough. When it, you feel for them when it comes to that, but you never know what happens on on the ends of the, the the business side of stuff, like who knows? Yeah, like, who guess. knows what went on with that? So, but far as from a fan standpoint, I think from seeing me that seeing us that first year and seeing like the, the start, you know, that was when Sam first got there. So yeah, start over. I, Jeff I Green. Felt like, I felt like they deserved to see some of that through a little bit. What's your favorite arena to play in besides your own? Wonder Stew. Madison Square. That seems to be the consensus answer. Yeah, it's just so live. Most history, there. great, great so acoustics. Live, man. Yeah, and you just know it's the mecca. Yeah, I don't think they should ever change that. They make renovations. They just make uh, upgrades to it. Mm-hmm. But this is a good one. You know what's the underrated part too? What about Madison Square? Is the buzzer? Is old school buzzer? Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> like that shit does it to me every time. <laughs> I love that shit. Sean McLaughlin wants to know what is the minimum height you believe you would still be an all star at? Six seven. Six seven. Oh, I thought you were gonna say like six one. Yeah. 
My game is because of my length. Like, yeah. I use that to my advantage. I'm not strong. I know I ain't bullying nobody, so I'm longer than a lot of people, so I'm going to use that. If I wasn't, then I have to, you know, figure it out. But that's my game right now. Do that buzzer sound again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if that was right. It was the pitch. I got to pitch it down a little bit. Ryan Found from Baltimore wants to know, you proudly and rightfully rep the DMV. Why can't they keep high school prospects from there in that region? Why, like, why did you say, I want to go to Maryland, I want to go to Georgetown? Why, every time this happens, it doesn't seem like they keep those kids. Well, for me, I didn't want to go to Maryland. I didn't want to stay home. Yeah. I, I wanted to see what was outside of that area. I think a lot of kids, to be honest, they don't choose Maryland unless they play in like an Under Armour system coming up. Shoe companies have a real, real big influence on where these kids go. So nobody wants to play in Under Armour's. I'm sorry. Like the top kids don't because they all play Nike. Have you talked to Steph about this? Nah, but come on, man. Everybody knows that. They just, nobody don't want to say nothing. <laughs> but nobody, I mean, the kids that play that grew up in the Under Armour system, they go True. to Maryland. And those kids in Georgetown, um, like that system kind of was, Nobody wanted to play it no more. It was cool early on, but the kids want to play up and down now. So yeah, I think Pat's going to change that up, though. Let's end on this one. From Big Dax. As good, parentheses, really great as you are right now, do you think you can still get better, and how? Or are you at the point where you have peaked as a basketball player, and now you just have to maintain it? Yeah. That's um, a good question. Yeah, I, I How feel old like are you I now? Can, um, uh, twenty twenty eight, about to be twenty nine in September. So you're right around. I'm right around. This, about, right this around is around apex the, territory. But I look at my career and like since I first started, like where I where am I at when I first started playing? And I mastered a lot of the game individually, like scoring the ball. I feel like I've mastered how to score from every area and how to make a shot from every point, every um, spot on the floor. And it's not about, like, the moves I got. It was just, like, making a shot at every single spot on the floor. I, I mastered that. But now it's about, like, how many different combinations can I add? I got a lot more to learn, like, triple moves, like, um, footwork. DeMar DeRozan has probably got the best footwork I've seen in a long, long time. And he worked at it, and too. And I'm trying to – I've been trying to watch him to see how he does it. He's just he just way more athletic than I am, first of all. So his body can move a little different. But he, his pace is amazing. He a guy I've been studying lately um, just because of his footwork. Every time I see him, I try to just like totally just look at his body movements and his footwork. I think that's where I can get better, just trying to beat my defender just a little bit. Not off of just length and athleticism, but, you know, footwork. That's I'm not there yet at all, but that's the next step, I think. Quick break to talk about one of our oldest friends of the BS Podcast, Meandy. Summer is the perfect time to upgrade your underwear drawer because everyone is thinking about looking good and feeling good. Meandy's are the ultimate feel-good undies. Designed in LA, every pair of Meandy's is made with micro-modal of fabric three times softer than cotton. Their soft, stretchy undies come in an ever-changing array of colors and patterns. No matter what your style, they've got something for you. Uh, they also release new limited edition patterns each month that always sell out. And for the fellas, Meandy's Diamond Seam Pouch cradles your jewels. I like that. And gives your stuff the support it needs without feeling too tight. I can vouch for this because I wear Meandy's all the time. I like to have my, my jewels cradled. Meanwhile, ladies will love the soft, eco-friendly fabric. 100% satisfaction guaranteed right now 
You'll save 20% off your first pair and receive free shipping only at MeUndies.com slash BS. If you don't love your first pair of MeUndies, they're free. Once again, go to MeUndies.com slash BS to get 20% off free shipping and 100% satisfaction guaranteed of the best, softest underwear you will ever own. It's a limited time offer. What are you waiting for? Start wearing the best underwear of your life. Go to MeUndies.com slash BS right now. I have a weird theory about this season. I don't know if it's going to be borne out to be true or not. You notice what they did with the schedule, right? They yeah. spread out the season a little bit. There's no more four games and five nights. Perfect. Seems like guys are going to be a little more rested. Um, I'm wondering how it's going to affect like stats and the potential of guys to, I don't know, just be better week to week. Oh, you want you want more like you want more like. Triple doubles every week, and uh, forty I point nights. You know, I don't care about. I don't care about triple doubles. No, I'm just talking saying, about stats. Like, you just no big stats, right? No, but could could this lead to sustain? <clears throat> like, first of all, individual excellence is just like more consistent. But second of all, like just the games themselves, the regular season games will be better because, like, you'll go on a road trip now, and instead of the old days, you go on the East Coast and you're playing six games in nine nights. Now you're playing six games in 12 nights, and you'll be rested for each game, and you'll just play better. So you know? you're saying the real, uh, the faker get exposed? Like the, no. The, the, the bums that probably caught somebody when they were tired going to get exposed, basically, what you're saying, right? I'm saying. That's what I thought. You said the stats going to go down. No, stats are going to get better. Oh, you said they're going to get better. I think they're going to get better. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. But yeah, some people are going to get exposed <laughs> to fresh legs <laughs> yeah. that uh, got over last year. Um, like I don't Steve, know who, but somebody is. Steve Kerr always called it, I mean, I mean, he's not the only one who called it, but he always called it schedule loss. Like just the schedule deter- almost determined that That's this game wasn't going to go well. out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't. Like when the Warriors lost to Milwaukee. Schedule loss. Schedule loss. Like they went double overtime with Boston. They could have really won that game, but it's like, do I really mentally, really, really need to like go all out for this? Peak like playoff performance, like focus, not performance. Playoff focus. Can I do that for forty eight minutes on a knowing I'm going home after this? I ain't seen my family in a week. Like that's when you know the schedule got you. Right. You know what I'm saying? You just get when you're thinking about like, damn, do I? I can't wait to see my kids. <laughs> I can't wait to go home sleep in my own bed. And you still got a game to go. That's a schedule. Do you buy the theory that the Warriors shook up the entire NBA and caused all this player movement chaos that happened? Yeah, because it's been an especially crazy summer. Yeah, I buy it. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, we've had like five major moves. Yeah. It's, yeah. You, you mean, had the two, the one and the two seed in the Eastern Conference traded. Uh, A-list starters to each other. I don't think that was because of us, but... No, it might have been, though. No, but a lot of teams making moves because of us. Yeah, you see Houston making moves because they want to... What was the one that surprised you the most? That one. The Chris Paul? Um, I'm not surprised. I'm sorry. I'm not surprised by anything, but it was just kind of like, hmm, damn, that's, that's a smart move. I wouldn't think nobody would be that smart to pull that one off. <laughs> what do you but, think of James and Chris Paul on the same team? I think it was a great move. You put two guys together that um, crafty with the ball like that, they're going to get everybody shots, and they're going to get each other shots. So 
It was a ballsy move to pull off by Maury. Like, I don't think nobody would have thought to do that because especially when you got James who basically plays your point guard. Yeah. It, it You really have to have some type of, like, clarity, you know, when you're making a decision like that because it's just like he played well last year, but he, this, he cannot sustain this. Like, you got to know that, you know, you can't just look at the numbers so you can tell that he actually, like, seeing some stuff within his team, he paying attention. What like about that. PG to OKC? That was a shock too. That was a shock because um, you, you PG was one of your, your favorite. Oh yeah, opponents. Yeah, any three man that's, that I feel is all the threes. Um, players that play my position. That's the only players I'm really rivaling with. Rivaling. Yeah. Like I don't rival with no other players. <laughs> I'm not guarding the point guards all game or guarding shooting guards or power forwards like. I'm looking at only small forwards, so that's why I got so much respect, and I think Paul George is so good. A lot of people disrespect him because I play against him and I respect my position. So that was shocking um, because Indiana just gave him away, and um, yeah, I didn't think OKC would even think about giving up anything to trade for him. I didn't think they, I didn't think they would do it, but that was a ballsy move. <laughs> That was that was that was that shows some. OKC the, has the third highest payroll this year. I don't know if you noticed that. Good, <laughs> spend it. Stephen Adams, Paul George, Westbrook, Andre Robertson, and who's the fifth guy in crunch time for them? I'm blanking. Uh, who'd you say again? So it's Robertson. It's gonna be Russ. Russ. Andre. PG. Um, no, Stephen Adams, Patrick Patterson. Patrick Patterson, Patrick Patterson, and uh, so that's their crunch time probably. It's a good no, spot. no, no. It's gonna be they're gonna try. They're gonna probably go. Rush. Uh, who the six man? They need. Can't I think it's another wing they might use and put PG at the four and put Stephen at the five. I think they're. Gonna, they need another wing. I've kind of talked myself into them. Abrinas. Maybe yeah, again, possibly. Give him some space. Uh, Russ, I'm only blanking because we're at like the two hour mark of this podcast. My brain's really not been that long. No, I don't know how long it's been. How long has it been? Felt, they got Felton, but I don't remember them picking no, they up got a one wing. Other move, though. I got the, they got a shooter. Yeah, they they had one more guy. I should have been more prepared for Ferguson. For, they drafted Ferguson. Oh yeah, Dougie Mc, Dougie McBuckets. So they're gonna play either. It's gonna be Dre. But they lost Tosh. PG. Yeah. Steve and one of those shooters. And then the Clips have the random Patrick Beverly. Tia Dosich. Yeah. Have, have you I seen the YouTube clips of him? Play. I played against him. I can't yeah. wait to see him. He made one of the greatest. He put, he made the greatest pass I've ever seen in my life last last summer. We all was like, yo, how the, how the hell do you see that? He was running like towards the sideline and he flicked it around his head like through, through two people. On a dime, like he's at a three point line and flicked it to somebody over his head. He was with his right hand and hit him on a dime. Yeah. And it kind of faked me out. I spent in a circle. I'm like, that was the greatest pass I've ever seen in my life from anybody. Best pass I've ever seen. So I'm excited to see how he plays. What is DeAndre saying about the, the revamp Clippers? They like it. I know he your buddies. He's excited about it. Uh, they all felt, I, me and DeAndre, that's my best friend. Like, yeah. So, you could tell that <clears throat> at some point that, that everybody there needed some new life and energy. Whether somebody was leaving or somebody was bringing in another big player, like they needed some new energy. 
And you can sense that now with the clips, especially with Doc just being the head coach now. I think that's going to be good for him. And um, this is all my opinion. So anybody getting offended by it, I'm sorry. Just how I feel. Um, Listen, I, w- I went to a couple of those regular season Clippers games. Analysis. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just agreeing with you, but go okay. ahead. So, um, but you got two good point guards. You got a starting point guard as your backup. And then you got um, a rational, confident Austin Rivers who can go off and get you get you 30. But He's got some Deion Waiters DNA, no? Oh, he, him and Deion Waiters are on the same island. Yeah. Or right next door to each other. He's got a river. He's got a... Mm, he's got a... He's got a canal. No, he's got a little canal that leads into Waiters Island. A channel. A channel, yeah. He got a channel. <laughs> He's confident, so they they should they should be good. Blake Blake, you know now he's the man. Gallinari, Gallinari. Now Blake's the man. So my issue with all the moves they made, I like the team on paper, but those guys got to stay on the court. Like Gallinari is great, but he misses. You know durability. I think durability is an underrated but NBA skill. Got to stay in the court. No more four or five nights. It's a shorter, not a shorter, but the schedule is stretched out longer. So. Your boy let's, D- let's be optimistic about injuries this year, too, all right? Let's, I'm, just, I'm let's just hope that the schedule prevents Nobody, a lot of injuries Who likes injuries? Yeah. yeah so you I were against my schedule so, so comment. So Gallinari and Blake Griffin are going to have healthy seasons. Well, Blake's not going to be back till December. But when, when he comes back, back he's going to have a healthy season along with a lot of players in the league because it's a stressed-out season. And they're going to Are you ready to play in a league where Deion Waiters is, has a $52 million contract? Hell, yeah. It's about time, more. right? He should have got more. That's gonna be a fun team. But I, but I he know that's his fault. He knows that would why. He could have got more. He fucked around. Or you thought he waited too long? No, nah, he, uh, he could. Be, he's supposed to be better. He know that. He 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 waited too long to do what he's doing in Miami. I think. We're gonna take a quick break to talk about Blinkist. The world's most successful people all have one thing in common: they are hungry for knowledge, reading, and learning every chance they get. Since you're listening to this podcast, you might feel the same way. Well, introducing the Blinkist app, over 2,000 best-selling nonfiction books transformed into powerful packs you can read or listen to in just 15 minutes. Learn essential ideas from the best books in your field or subjects you never knew you loved, productivity, business, science. With Blinkist, you can feast your mind on key ideas from best-selling nonfiction books like How Champions Think, Shoe Dog, Mindful Athlete. I don't see the book of basketball in here. I hope I'm in there somewhere. On your way home because Blinkist gives you big ideas in small packages. More knowledge next time, less time, and not to mention their team is constantly adding new titles from Best of List. You're always getting the most powerful ideas in a convenient made-for-mobile format. No wonder Blinkist was chosen in Apple and Google's Best of Selection for two years. Right now they have a special offer just for our audience. That's you. Blinkist.com slash BS. You get a free trial or three months off your yearly plan. When you join today, that is B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash BS. Start your free trial or get three months off your yearly plan. Back to the podcast. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about Minnesota. I did a podcast with Jimmy like a month ago. Jimmy, He was excited. He was? He said he's the he best. He was hurt. I could tell he was hurt. He got traded. Hell, he definitely was. Well, because they they blindsided him. Yeah, loyalty. he was in Paris. Ain't no loyalty, man. Do you do your thing, Jimmy? Jimmy said he's. He the was best. in Paris at Fashion Week with D Wade. Right. Them boys had on nice clothes, good, good fabrics. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I believe that story 100%. I do not believe that. I don't believe D-Wade plays cards. Oh, interesting. Shocker. Shocker. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Jimmy Butler, Towns, Towns Wiggins, Wiggins, Jeff Teague. That's a lot of talent. Taj. A lot of talent, boy. Let's see how that Tibbs. works. So let's go down the line with that. Now, Teague. Can't really shoot that well, but he can play. He he need the ball though. Right. And Jimmy, he can shoot it, but he need a rhythm, so he need the ball too. Wiggins, he the same way. He need the ball. He they can all score. They all good, but somebody gotta give up something. Whoever gives up the most. Tomorrow. KD doesn't believe in Timberwolves. I mean, I'm just telling you. I'm what just telling you what the knows. internet does. Like, I'm just. Then I just point out their games though. Am I right about their games? You're right. There's the. There's somebody's saying, gonna have somebody to sacrifice. Have to give up something in their games, yes, in order for it to work. And I believe that they will. But they- Towns needs to be the guy that they get a ball to. I think because he's so good. But Jimmy need to be like facilitating. You know what I'm saying? Wiggins gonna be the guy that if you need a basket, you know what I'm saying? He's gonna be the finisher. I think. That's just if I was coaching the team on 2K, that's how I would play it. <laughs> Millsap and Jokic. What do you think of that? Yeah, that passing duo was nice. <laughs> I like Millsap. I like that Denver team. I I think that's kind of the second sneaky best one. offense, man. In yeah. the league. They they second in the league in assists. They can shoot the three. They got passing is in the bigs. With your bigs, you got passing in your bigs, that's rare. And you got small guards. I think they need a point guard that they really, really believe in because they put Moutier on the bench sometimes when he because he was hurt. <clears throat> They're playing Jameer a lot. And they played Jameer, and they were trying to make the playoffs, so they didn't want to mess the rhythm up. So yeah. it's like, I get it, but like I feel like they need a stable point guard that they trust, and hopefully that's Moutier because I'm, I'm pulling for him. But I like their team. Their offense, Mike Malone, man. When Sack let him go, I was like, what are you doing? This dude's a guru with the offense. Yeah. So, yeah. It'll like, be interesting to see if Murray can make a little bit of a leap in his second year. He was up and down. See, Murray is a, he, you got to, you got to, he's Lou Williams. Like, he's a new improved, not new improved, because Lou is still getting it. He's Lou Williams to me, I think, on a good team. Yeah. I'm looking at these guys on like the championship right. level you, teams, like how they're going to play. In June. Yeah. Oh, and, we didn't say Lou Will in the clips either, right? Oh, yeah, I forgot Lou Will on the Clips. He's going to be Lou Williams on the Clips. He's going to get buckets on the Clips. Yeah. Lou um, Will will be Lou Will on the I th- Clips. I actually like this Clips team as if they can I like just the get clips, everybody man. out there. I like the Clips. I like um, Denver, man. But who are we talking about? Denver. We're talking about Denver. Oh, yeah. Um, but Jamal Murray, I think he can shoot it, man. He can yeah. shoot it. And it's funny that you judge people like that because that's how I judge people, too. I, I'm All I think about is June. Yeah. So I, I see, like, 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 when we when we traded down, to, I use we with the Celtics. Jason Tatum, and I'm just thinking like in June, what happens? How are you gonna play against he, the best teams? Is he playing? Can, who's he guarding? Yeah, what exactly. do the Warriors do against him? All that stuff. Exactly. And I think he could be Tatum on the second. I think he'd be on the second unit. Tatum, or Tatum. Murray? But in June, are no, we Jason about Tatum. Tatum. No, I switched to Tatum. All right, Tatum. He's second unit, but I can't imagine him actually like being out there in crunch time in He's June. He's talented to be out there, talented enough to be out there crunch time. Eventually. Yeah, but he got he got to figure the rhythm of the game out first. He got to figure out like if it's, you know, how he going to play first. Right. 
He well, talented enough. Would hope by June he would. Yeah, by June he will. Just like just like um, Jalen Brown, he finding his way. You right. can tell he finding his way because they play so many games, well, so many I, practices. When it was, and they got good coaching and coaching staff, man. That yeah. helps. That helps. When it was Josh Jackson versus Tatum, I just kept thinking, like, I, I really like Josh Jackson, but I know in June they're not guarding him. They're four feet off. I'm daring him to shoot. Mm-hmm. No. So yeah. how does that help us? I mean, three years from now, he might fix that. Kawhi fixed but the then shot. Again, but then again, like, you get somebody open three out the open three, he'll start feeling confident, and then confidence will take over in mechanics any day, I think. So when you start making shots, you feel like you're a shooter, and that confidence can just – he look like a confident player, so that confidence just push him into being a good shooter. So in a good system, he'll be all right. Josh Jackson, anybody y'all that got in that system like Josh Jackson, if y'all wanted to win, he'd have been good there for y'all too. But That was me. the case for Josh Jackson is everybody said he's like an alpha duck. He's super confident, dude. The one flaw, the one flaw against him is his outside shot in the mechanics. Who knows? So what's the Celtics eight now? Kyrie, I think Jalen's going to start at the two. Jalen Brown at the two. Hayward, no Marcus. Yeah, Marcus, Marcus Morris. Back of pork. Marcus. I think I think he's the third guard who could. Yeah. Swing Wait, back and on. forth. So Hayward, Marcus Morris, Marcus Moore, and Horford. I like the big man that they Aaron Baines Cleveland, by the way. Is, is it, yeah. Marcus Morris gonna be a four? I think he'll start at power forward or the four. Um yeah. and then Baines, Tatum. I like Baines. Damn, that's a good pickup for you. Um Marcus Huge Smart and Rogier. Y'all need a rebound. And he's tough. Marcus Smart and who? Rogier. And Rogier. Good two guards. I like both of them. And then they need uh they need this French kid to potentially be good. Who was that? Yeah, Vaseli. And then next year, what pick do they have now? They have theirs. So they traded the Brooklyn pick. Yeah. And I think the thinking was Brooklyn has no reason to tank, and they actually got a little bit better, and maybe that pick falls out of the top five. They kept the okay. Lakers pick. So it's if it falls two, three, four, five, they get the pick. Just It's only protected for one. Protected one. If it falls to six, it rolls over and becomes the king's pick the next year. And it's gone. Mm, yeah. So you got four so slashes. So, I, so I'm reading it's the Lakers this year, which I would have done anyway. The assets are, have dwindled. <laughs> Not really. They have that pick. They have all their own picks. And they have the Memphis first rounder that becomes unprotected in like three years. So oh, they still have some stuff. In a few years. You would think. Their pick, but Boston's pick will be the end of the first round now. Yeah. But they, the, the key thing for them is the salaries all match now because now it's like Hayward, Horford, Kyrie. They know they know those, those three salaries for this oh, year, good. next year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have Tatum and Brown on rookie contracts. Now they got to figure out the Marcus extension. But now now they know. It's like what you guys have and there was where no you, got, way, you guys know no the salaries. going to be able to keep Bradley. That's the one that I can't. I haven't reconciled that one yet. I don't know. I see how you trade him. You could have kept him on that team. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If they if they knew Kyrie was going to be. I think if. Yeah, I think if they could go back now, maybe they walk that back. Oh, I, Avery was. Uh, he would get hurt every once in a while. Like he was. Uh, he would always have some nagging injury. I think I that was that. one of their fears. But man, that dude was a baller. He made big shots too. Yeah, he, he made some huge shots. I like that. He had good games against you guys last year. Like he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, uh, he did. He did. I don't know. I Great always defense. thought. I mean, nobody stops Curry, but he went at him. He made Curry work. You know. Yeah, that's all you're supposed to do. But um, no, it's good. I I don't know. The Cleveland thing's weird because they you know they're gonna have Isaiah and Love, 
who two defensive liabilities, but offensively, if Isaiah is back to where he was, they got D Rose. D Rose. Um, I don't think they. I don't think they done dealing. Really, I think they're gonna trade that pick. That center. What's his name again? Zizic. He's only twenty though. I know, but they have other Europeans they stashed too, Boston, right? Or are they all yeah, on the team now? A couple more. Um, but here's the thing with Cleveland trading that pick. If they think LeBron's leaving in a year, I'm saying how they do you trade tra- the pick, they know he's staying. Right. So the pit that would be the That's sign. what I'm basing it off of. Yeah. They, I think they know I, I personally always say he's staying. I I told him this. I, I really? Feel like, yeah, I feel like he's gonna just ask me. I feel like he's gonna end it in Cleveland. That's just crib. That's the crib now. He running and he's just going I'm sure he's gonna turn that into some mega <laughs> once he's done. Like something's going he's gonna do what something. What do you wanna Cleveland. bet on this? Um I'm saying LA. I bet Fast House. Okay. I'm in. I'm betting uh I'm betting LA. LA? I think, I think he goes you to the stand Lakers. on LA. I think All he right. goes to the Lakers. Fast house. Combo mill. He's standing clean. I think the Lakers thing is it's, it makes a lot of sense. But all right. Anything any last That's thoughts, Rich? That's a perfect Rich? way to end it. Yeah. Any last thoughts, Rich? No. That was How'd the I best one we had. Right. I actually thought it was too low. I, I wanted you to chime in like three more times. You got mad at me about Aaron Hernandez for some reason. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> like Aaron Hernandez, he's dead. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> I you thought you were talking about Aaron Hernandez now. He's nice. <laughs> I, just um, like, I felt like it was unnecessary. You rep- <laughs> he was paying homage to his basketball skills. Yeah, I said he was good at basketball. That's like a name you don't say, though. <laughs> Why not? It's like Why? the boogeyman. Uh, you rep the Knicks, I thought, pretty well. Always. Yeah. You might have gotten Jared Wilkins' team. That's crazy. Run. He rep the Knicks, though. Old Knicks, old Knicks, old All right. Knicks. Yeah, all right. Not the new regime. Yeah. Katie, this is fun as always. Oh, the quadrilogy, man. thank you. Rich, thank you. Quadrilogy. Yeah, we'll figure out another. The mailbag thing was fun, right? Yeah, that was really fun. All right, fun. maybe we'll do that again at some point. Sure. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to Gillette. Did you know a Gillette razor blade edge is thinner than a single brain cell? Well, you knew it because I said it earlier. That's the product of many brain cells at work, namely the thousands of men and women at Gillette always working harder to make your shave better. Now you can get Gillette blades for less at GilletteOnDemand.com. That's GilletteOnDemand.com. Gillette, the best a man can get. Pricing applies to select products and is at the sole discretion of the retailer. Thanks to SeatGeek, the official sponsor of the BS Podcast. Don't forget about that deal for first-timers for NFL tickets. Use promo code BSNFL when you go to SeatGeek. Don't forget about Miller Lite, the official beer of The Ringer and the official beer of our relaunch on our awesome red website, theringer.com. And finally, don't forget about the last episode of Binge Mode Game of Thrones. They're going to be breaking down the final episode of Game of Thrones, Mallory Rubin, Jason Concepcion. You can also hear Jason on the rewatchables. We did Point Break this week, or last week. And uh, and this upcoming week, we have You Got Mail with Juliet Litman and Amanda Dobbins. Time to get a rom-com in there in the rewatchables because they're about as rewatchable as anything. Thanks to all the listeners who sent emails for me and Kevin. And thanks, as always, to Kevin Durant, the finals MVP. <laughs> he loves throwing it down on these podcasts. We'll give you updates throughout the year to see what happens with him and Scarlett Johansson. I just want to be invited to the wedding. I'm happy to sit on either side of the aisle. I don't care, wherever they need bodies. Until then, later in the week, the BS Podcast coming back. See you soon.